Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 71. I'm going to start with InfoSec. Tavis Ormondi is stirring up dust again on Twitter for his Cavalier bug announcement behavior. He basically announces bugs live on Twitter, calling out the name of the company, the product, the type of issue, uh, but without giving exact details. Latest example was some bugs in LastPass, which uh, he got fixed quickly. He's basically defending his behavior, saying that, you know, he's just, he's not following any particular process. He's just being himself and he's just kind of having fun with it. And uh, he is getting things addressed. So there's like a whole bunch of people kind of rabidly defending him and also attacking him. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the ideas section. But uh, yeah, some some issues in LastPass, and uh, he's the one that found them and told everyone about them very quickly, and they got solved. So uh, it's kind of kind of been a topic of debate last few days on Twitter. Google says over half of Android devices haven't received an update for security in the past year. I'm trying to figure out how this isn't a massive story that everyone's talking about. More than half haven't received a security update in a year. Goodness. ERP scan, the security research team for that company re uh, released a POC for an SAP GUI remote execution vulnerability that was patched last week. If you have SAP, you want to get that installed. Well, Maybe not quickly. A lot of environments, you can't do anything for months, but you should at least know about it. Microsoft has disabled docs.com search functionality after many complaints that it was disclosing sensitive files. I feel like search interfaces are like the worst possible thing because one, they're letting you, they're giving you content that you have. They're giving users content that the system has. And the means of looking for it is taking user input. It's like the most, uh, <laughs> it's a really bad combination. Flaws in the Nest security cameras have allowed attackers to stop them from recording footage by sending various Bluetooth attacks. So you could basically hit them up with uh, some forged packets and crash them, cause them to stop recording, delay them, uh, in recording and you could basically just spam the uh, the packets and it'll just stay in a perpetual state of not recording which is not good for security cameras the senate is attacking internet privacy through fcc they're looking to make it far easier for internet providers to capture data about customers without them even knowing Laptops, tablets, and other large electronics are now banned from flights destined for the United States if they are coming from 10 airports 
in eight mostly Middle Eastern and North African countries. This has got a lot of press over the last week. Um, so if you are traveling from one of those countries or one of those airlines, you want to, uh, definitely be careful to put your electronics in your actual luggage and not your carry on. 14,766 let's encrypt certificates have been issued to PayPal phishing sites. Sounds like they have some massive quality control issues over there. Just from what I read about it. And I, I guess uh, I was thinking about switching over to them actually next time I renew my cert for my site, but looks like I'll probably stay with DigiCert because uh, they don't seem to have these issues. There's a nasty SQL injection bug in Moodle, which is an open source PHP based learning system. What could go wrong? Open sourced in PHP. Um, run, it's actually running on tens of thousands of universities, including Stanford, Oxford, a bunch of other big names. If you have it anywhere, you should definitely get it patched. WhatsApp is refusing to hand over the messages from the London attacker's phone. So evidently there's a bunch of content on there, a bunch of traffic, and um, the company does not want to give it up. So it's shaping up to be kind of a uh, Apple versus FBI type rematch. Google has reported a 32% increase in the number of hacked sites in 2016 versus 2015. It's not good news. Uh, New York has announced 1,300 data breaches in 2016, which is a roughly 60% increase over 2015. I still think for a lot of these, especially for this one, most of the movement in these types of numbers is probably caused by knowledge of breaches rather than the breaches themselves. I, I feel like we just, we don't have good reporting data and the better the reporting data gets, the more breaches we'll see, but it doesn't mean, you know, the numbers are going up or down. So I think it'll take some while, uh, some time for that to settle down. Steve Morgan, CEO of Cybersecurity Ventures, says that the venture capital funding for security companies back in like 2013 to 2015 has mostly run out and that we're about to see some significant consolidation in 2017 and 2018 for security companies. And I, I think we're already seeing that, right? I, I think we saw just, uh, we saw Vericode go to CA, um, RIP there. That was uh, very sad. But um, yeah, Microfocus getting part of HPE. And uh, I have heard some rumors of some others that are about to happen. So um yeah, I, I think this is definitely going to continue. Um, I, I didn't know the forces for it, but this this one described by this uh, Stephen Morgan person seems to make a lot of sense. Um, I, I think basically the gist is, and this is what I've heard elsewhere, is that people are in like multiple series uh, of funding, right? And it's just kind of running out. And uh, the companies are getting tired of doing it. They're like, enough is enough. So they're going to have to go on their own, um, become profitable or, uh, or go under or get bought. And those seem to be the options going through 2017 and 2018, according to this. And, uh, I don't know, maybe there'll be another upcycle in uh, 2019.
be interesting to watch. Technology news. IBM is forcing work from home employees to go into the office. Seems to be their new trend in big corporate America. Same thing happened at uh, HP uh, a couple years back when I was there. It was just sort of being pushed pretty hard that everyone had to define an actual office that they were going into. They started to count whether or not you're in your seat. Like it was getting pretty serious. Um, what's crazy about it though, is it works in cycles, right? They do this like for four years, they spend millions of dollars bringing people in the office. And then like a study comes out, they're like, oh, people are more effective when they work from home. And they're like, all right, everyone get out of the office. We can't have you here. It costs too much money. So they spend another, you know, 50 million or however gazillion dollars to get them out of the offices. And then they sell the buildings or, or whatever. It's just feels to me like the client server debate, right? Everything is client side, everything's on the server side. And it just like ping pongs back and forth constantly. Uber has suspended its self-driving car program after a crash in Arizona involving one of their vehicles. Evidently, car flipped over and there looks like it might be the, uh, the Uber vehicle's fault, self-driving vehicle's fault. So they're investigating that. I'm sure they're just being cautious to avoid more bad PR while they do the investigation. Twitter is considering a paid subscription tier, possibly at around $20 a month. Please take my money. Whatever you need to do so that Twitter doesn't go under and doesn't get bought by like CA, that, that would be also a good thing. Um, yeah, I just want to see him survive. It, it, they've just tried everything to monetize and it hasn't worked. Um, if I need to pay you a hundred bucks a month um, and like 11 of us need to do that, then let's do it. Apple has purchased Workflow, a tool for automating tasks on iOS. I've not used it yet, but sounds pretty cool. Sounds very visually oriented. Um, you basically stack tasks together, kind of, I don't know, like automator, except for visually. Scientists have developed a new wireless technology that can do 43 gigabits per second at around a distance of 2.5 meters, which is around 100 times the speed of current wireless. Sounds cool. That'll probably come out like 2097 though. 5G will already be like three times faster than that by then. Or it'll be 6G. Uh, Samsung has released a new SSD that's so fast it could be used as RAM. It's made for data center use mostly. Um, 375 gigabyte model goes for 1500 bucks and I'm sure those prices will come down very quickly. Google is killing off talk and merging it into hangouts, man. What, are, what are they doing? Like they just create a million products. They rename them constantly. You can't find the admin interfaces cause it all conflicts with all your other admin portals. They kill off the things they kill reader. They kill, uh, I don't know. I, I have no idea what they're doing. Hangout also doesn't sound like the corporate messaging system. Why not just call these things the, the core word? Okay. Meetings. What call it meeting Google meeting. Then it works perfect for it's perfect for like corporate meetings. It's good for whatever hangouts. If you're just hanging out, but 
decide what you want this name to be way in the future and use that and name it that now. Just assume that all this consolidation is going to happen. Like when you have hobbyist names and hobbyist projects that burst into like 30 different ones, I mean, you know, you're gonna have to kill 25 of them and it's going to piss everyone off. Like no one has any idea what Google has right now. Like I bet if you went to their products page, it would be like 150 different things. Some of them you have, some of them you don't know, um, you, you don't even realize you had, or they've been renamed, they've been canceled, they're still in beta after like 19 years. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's no unified messaging around what they're doing. Their stuff is awesome, right? When it's there, I mean, it's up all the time, it's dependable. Like they just have a, an organization slash marketing slash naming problem. Uh, and I wish they would sort it out. Human news, 58% of high performance employees say they need more quiet workspaces. In other news, water has moisture in it. Very moist water. Richard Branson has offered Stephen Hawking a ride into space on Virgin Galactic. I love this. Virgin Atlantic, Virgin America. It's got like themes there. And this one is galactic. Very cool. He said, yes, of course. So Stephen Hawking is going into space. It costs 250 grand for a regular person to go. He's uh, giving it to Stephen Hawking for free. But for regular people, it's 250 grand to make the trip. You basically, um, you go up on top of a airplane and then it shoots off and uh, climbs even higher. It goes right to the edge. You can actually see earth. You stay at the very top at the edge of space for a few minutes. You could take pictures, you could look down, you could see everything. And then you prepare for re-entry. It sounds super awesome. I definitely want to do it uh, when I have that much money or when it comes down in price. PwC says 38% of US jobs are in danger of being replaced by AI and robots within 15 years. These numbers sound really good to me. They sound about right. It, of course, it all depends on how you count, which types of jobs, like all that kind of stuff. But these numbers feel right to me. Uh, PwC says uh, in the same report <clears throat> that um, people with jobs in education, healthcare, and social work are least likely to be replaced. But it's kind of a mixed message since those are the jobs that don't pay very much and uh, you'll still kind of be struggling if you're doing them. Some companies are starting to say that product purchases are down because people are buying experiences instead of stuff. I kind of feel like that's happening. Absolutely. From just casually observing whatever the web tubes. And uh, I, I see, I see this as an upgrade. I think we've been sold this concept that we need to accumulate stuff and uh, it's not healthy. And I think maybe accumulating experiences, you know, in a sort of uh, unhealthy way is, is not good either, but it's, I would say it's an upgrade from accumulating 
unneeded products. Atheists and the super-religious are the two groups that fear death the least. Those in the middle who are just a little bit religious fear it a lot more than both atheists and the super-religious. Interesting. Makes sense, but still interesting. A cool article in the New York Times about what non-cognitive factors go into life success. So like family income, self-control, industriousness, grit, resilience, future orientation, impulse control. Uh, maybe I missed something in the article, but all these seem like cognitive functions. I, I guess they meant pure IQ or like, I'm not sure what they meant by cognitive. I'm not sure how you have grit that isn't cognitive or resilience that isn't cognitive. Like, I feel like they're talking about like a, a mind body barrier that isn't really there. People who are afraid of robots and technology are more afraid of losing their jobs to robots and technology. Also makes a lot of sense. Somebody put the Tiananmen square tank man image in the Bitcoin blockchain just to troll China, <laughs> which is crazy because the way the blockchain works is if you use the blockchain, you have a copy on your computer at all times, which means, I mean, this Tiananmen Square image is so like offensive to the Chinese government that they don't want anyone to look at, look at it, to see it, to talk about it, to look at or see anyone who's talked about it or seen it. Like it's this massive thing. I remember in university, I had a friend who uh, came in and someone just randomly like, oh, you've never seen the video? She was Chinese you've never seen the video and her face like turns absolutely white. She runs out of the room. I will never look at that. I did not have this conversation. Like she completely freaked out. That's, that's when I kind of realized China was crazy, but uh, yeah, this is pretty cool. So the image in the blockchain and the way it works is you have this cascading series of shot 256 hashes, right? So it's like um, <laughs> the thing can never go away because because this one is linked to the next one is linked to the next one. It's an unbroken chain, right? That's why it's called the blockchain. So the thing is in there. And if you run Bitcoin and you're Chinese, you have it on your system, which uh, massively powerful troll and uh, kudos to them. The suicide rate in rural America has increased over 40% in 16 years. That is insane. Also explains a lot around the election, maybe. Uh, a lot of the deaths are, are um, might have to do with addiction. So I'm not sure how they're classifying, you know, heroin overdose versus suicide or whatever. It's evidently a contentious point. But uh, yeah, 40% in 16 years. That's, that's dramatic. 10,000 gaming projects have been successfully funded on Kickstarter, that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of projects to actually go well. Someone found a Pythagorean theorem proof in a twenty-one hundred-year-old Chinese book. I don't know why that was a difficult sentence for me to say. Yeah, the book is twenty-one hundred years old. It's a Chinese book. 
and they found a proof for uh, the theorem in it. It's pretty cool. Got the link there. The drought in California has been massively relieved by all the snowfall this year. I feel like they didn't want to say it's fixed or solved because then everyone would just whatever. I don't know. Just leave the hose running or, or whatever. So uh, they basically said, yeah, it's, it's helped a lot. Um, it's not quite at a maximum that was at like in like 1980s, but way, way above average, like double average or something. Just tons of snow. People are like extending the snow season for skiing. Um, so yeah, that's good news. Ideas, the age of the influencer, how we're all going to have to prepare for a post corporate employment world where we have to do our own marketing. This is a post I wrote yesterday. Um, hope you check it out. It's, uh, it's something I've been thinking about for years now. And I'm, uh, involved in a startup, uh, just as kind of an external advisor, but, um, some buddies of mine are doing it around gaming. It's called opera event. And, uh, yeah, it's got me thinking about this, but I, I've been thinking about it, uh, even before then it's like, um, it, it's the future of media, right? We're seeing it with Netflix. We're seeing it with like, uh, Hollywood taking a big hit where, um, they're just like this massive infrastructure, keeping creative people separated from the consumer. And it, it basically the consumer, the content creator, or the, yeah, the content creator is the most important component combined with the audience or the consumer, right? So those are the two most important pieces and everything else is just support. It's like when you're in the infantry, we used to say, if you're not infantry, you're support. And that's, that's the case for media, right? You're either creating awesome content or you're viewing awesome content. If you are anything other than those two, then you are a parasite, not necessarily in a bad way because parasites can help both parties out. Right. But are you providing bandwidth? Are you doing, um, advertising? Are you doing, what are you doing? Right? So that was one aspect of the article. The other aspect was that you need to get ready for this transformation, right? We've all been working for companies where they do the marketing. They spend millions on marketing, they get business, and then we as the employees do the work, right? Like these big giant corporations or whatever. And the work comes in, you just sit at your desk and, you know, punch tickets or whatever. And that is not going to work when employers fire everyone because they're too expensive and they go to automation. So at that point, this concept of like being YouTube famous or whatever, not everyone needs to become YouTube famous, but you better have a presence. You better be able to explain what you can offer to the world. You better be able to explain what you're about. You need to have some sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, some sort of broadcast location where you can talk about this stuff. Um, you know, whether that's a webpage or it's a, um, Whatever. I mean, it's going to change in the future, right? So right now it would be a blog. I would say that would be center mass is to have a blog. Um, you probably need a YouTube channel, uh, whatever the current media is, but you have to be able to be found. You have to, people have to understand what you're about. doesn't mean you have to get on every day and look cool and sing and, and do whatever. There are going to be lots of people doing that 
they are already are there's like 200,000 influencers but um we're switching to a place where the individual produces the content the individual produces the value and then everyone consumes from them directly the people are talking directly to the people and then the whole market is around enabling and monetizing and enhancing that as opposed to the influencer being on a platform and then the people, the consumers talk to the platform. That's the current situation with YouTube and Twitch. They are the middle people. They are the record company. They are the whatever, the broadcast network. They're separating the value creator from the consumer. And that I think is about to end and we should get ready for it. That's what that article is about. Next one, game design is about to become a critical career. Why designing games will be such an important and automation resistant career for the next 20 years. So I, I believe that as, um, as people start getting laid off and fired or just not hired, um, you're going to have this mass of people doing what? Well, the answer is they're going to be playing games. Um, they're going to be playing virtual reality. They're going to uh, doing virtual reality. They're going to be doing augmented reality games. Um, the game will become the new reality. And this is not like super crazy tech dystopian where it's like they don't know the real world or everyone's immersed fully in it. That's not, that's not what's going to happen, right? Or at least not anytime soon. What I'm talking about is you won't get be able to provide much value on the outside because AI and automation and robotics can do all those things better than you. But what you can do is go on the inside and do things better there because that will be the function of the place is to provide human meaning. So what game design does in traditional games is it builds the structure. It builds the incentives that allow you to want to keep playing. It, it builds the reward system, the punishment system, your, your tiering, how you progress, um, how you farm things, how you gain money, controlling the, the integrity of the currency so that it doesn't get all messed up and make people not want to play. Well, that's exactly what we're going to need for these, for these new types of games. It, it's basically a replacement for reality that's immune to AI because um, and, and it's going to need the structure, right? It's going to need this, this structure that keeps people happy and makes them feel useful, right? You can't just have billions of people doing nothing and feeling good about themselves because it doesn't feel good to do nothing. People want to work. Um, and so they're going to, they're, they're going to provide some sort of value. You're going to have people being bad guys inside the game. You're going to have people being good guys inside the game. You're going to have firefighters in the game. You're going to have nurses. You're going to have healers, just like in any, you know, MMO party, you, you've got a healer and they feel good because they're helping out the team. And that, that's the type of thing we're going to see across genres, across different types of games and the people designing the underpinnings the foundational concepts, the foundational structures, the scaffolding of all these games, they're going to be so important. You have to think about what you have to be good at to do this, right? You've got to be, you, you've got to understand UI UX. You got to be a designer. 
You've got to understand psychology, human evolution, evolutionary psychology. You've got to understand the mechanics of what makes people happy and be able to build those mechanics into whatever game and setting and genre that you're building for. And this is, I mean, AI is going to get better than us at almost everything, but for cross discipline things like this, uh, it's going to be a very long time before we basically need general AI to be able to beat us at this. And everyone or most people think that that is pretty far out. Um, and that's another topic, the difference between general AI and this other thing, which is going to destroy us very quickly, or at least a lot of human jobs. So that that's the concept here is that um, we're going to need humans who are very good at building these games at, at various scales uh, across various genres. And it's a, it's going to be a really good job to get into if you can cross discipline, super exciting. And, uh, I would say that if you're a parent or thinking about becoming a parent, it's one of the jobs you might want to think about, um, for your kids. Um, treasury secretary, Steve, I want to say munch munchkin, but th that doesn't seem right. M N U C H I N I feel bad. Cause I'm sure this person's been made fun of his whole life. Um, anyway, Gunner deserves it based on what he says here. Uh, says he's not worried about the effects of AI on the economy at all. Says it's not, AI is not even on his radar screen because it's 50 to 100 years away. Wonder what he thinks of the PwC report that I talked about earlier that puts the numbers at 38% of US jobs within 15 years being in danger from AI. Um, I think what happened was uh, he actually made a comment uh, about it being 50 to 100 years. I already said that. So 50 to 100 years out. Maybe he's talking about general AI, but I don't th even think he knows the difference. So that, that's probably too charitable. Um, I think he's just fundamentally clueless. It sounds like, I, I don't know for sure. Like I, I never talked to the guy, but the couple articles that I read about the analysis of his comments and his comments itself, themselves, the actual quotes, just makes me think he, he's not reading any books about this. He's not reading articles. He's not talking to experts. Um, oh, one thing he mentioned was, oh yeah, sure. We're going to lose a lot from like automated cars and, you know, autonomous vehicles and autonomous transportation. Yeah. We'll lose a lot of jobs to that, but not to AI. Well, hold on, man. What do you, what do you think AI is? Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I think he's, uh, quite clueless. I don't know which kind of clueless he has, but I'm sure it's hard to pronounce. Um, all right. I got a quote here. It's in the ideas section because it's an idea, but it's a super cool quote. I go to war that my son may be a politician, that his son may be a merchant, that his son may be an artist. And this is by Ben Pirat. I love the quote because it captures the slow ideal transition from practical and ugly to abstract and beautiful, right? So you start with politician or you start with war. You start with soldier. Soldier is nasty and it's like the most practical thing. It's like 
survival, right? Then you go to politician, still ugly, but at least it's papers and pens instead of, you know, guns. Um, then you go to merchant, which is like, you're still in the weeds. It's still, you know, you're, it's trade and, 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 and profits, and it's not ideal, but it's at least linking people together. It's nonviolent. It's, it's helping a society grow. That's way better. And then the final one, so that his son could become an artist. And that's like the ultimate goal. Um, I'm assuming this is quite old because I'm a little put off by son and son and son and son. Like, can we get some daughter, you know, stuff going on here? But um, yeah, I think it, it would have been nice to say child. I didn't want to change the quote because that seemed rude. But this guy might have been born like 700 years ago or whatever. So um, we'll give him a pass. But um, yeah, absolutely love the quote. It's uh, it goes along with something I wrote a while back um, where I see the sciences being subordinate to the arts, right? Um, I, I believe the liberal arts are actually the goal and that sciences are basically the, the tools and techniques and procedures for getting us to focusing hundred percent or not a hundred percent, but 90%. I think an ideal society or civilization would be 90% arts and 10% sciences. Uh, oh, so my take on vulnerability disclosure, this is a follow-up on the whole Tavis thing. I think there are two types of risk at play when you're talking about vulnerability disclosure. Risk from not giving enough information to the defense and risk of giving too much information to the offense. So the idea is to manage both values to keep the overall risk as low as possible. Um, now, that being said, I don't see any situation where simultaneous announcement to a proactive vendor and to the public at the same time serves the goal of maximum risk reduction. So the exact amount of head start that you give the proactive vendor depends on the situation. But if the vendor is listening, they should be given some amount of time to prepare before telling the public. And that, that's why I kind of disagree with what Tavis is doing. Um, I, I Only because, not because it's not working and the guy's super smart, like tons of respect for him. But I, I feel like it could be better if you simply called them first. Call them first, give them a few days or whatever. Then do your thing. You're still going to, be popular. You're still going to like get, get the word out. Everyone's still going to massively respect you, but why not just give them a heads up a few days earlier or a few weeks earlier? Or I don't know. Like I said, the, the data matters. The situation matters. The context matters. All that matters to adjust how much time you give. But, it, but the key is that you're managing those two things, right? It's not enough information to the defense and too much information to the offense. I think in this particular case where you're live tweeting, look what I just found and everyone's finding out at the same time just does not seem like it can uh, get us to an ideal in, in terms of that risk balance. Um, all right. Discovery. 
Fantastic article describing AWS IAM policies in simple terms. This is a fantastic article. Yeah, just amazing. It, it basically goes and gives all the different terms for the different policy types, the different um, roles and actors in the policy and what they do and how to adjust them. Um, I'm doing a bunch of consulting work involving AWS and uh, getting ready to move to AWS for my own stuff um, just so I could stay fully immersed in all the different cool tools that AWS has. And uh, this article is um, a great resource for sort of getting up to speed on that stuff. Uh, pen testing tools cheat sheet. This is a great piece as well. Red Teamer's Guide to Pivoting. Awesome read. Fascinating article about the NGA, which is best described as being to images what the NSA is to voices. That's a powerful statement. They're supposedly capturing 1 million terabytes of data per day. New type of malware has been found that works on both Windows and Mac OS, depending on where you run it. Neil Gaiman makes a forceful argument for society placing a focus on reading, especially for children. Really enjoyed that piece. Comparison of Pornhub metrics separated by Android versus iOS. <laughs> uh, really interesting how different the respective preferences are. This one is a little bit uh, not safe for work. Uh, so I'm definitely not going to talk about it on the podcast. Um, and if you don't want to look at, it's just a bunch of charts, right? And some text, it's not like images or anything, but um, it does have some of the search terms, which are somewhat sensitive. So if you're sensitive about that kind of stuff, I would not look at that article, but it's a really interesting uh, sort of data about how the different types of users um, are into different stuff basically. Uh, how to explain to a layperson why you should never interrupt a developer. This is good for humanity in general, I would say. A map of Australia showing its climates in terms of other countries. This thing is fantastic. It's a big, uh, it's basically an infographic where Australia is cut up into regions and the regions are named like India, you know, San Francisco, um, Italy, whatever. So it tells you like the different countries and actually cities that um, in different locations on Australia. So you know what kind of climate you get when you, when you were there. Um, I thought it was great. It actually had San Francisco and Fremont on the list. Um, and I'm actually from uh, right next to Fremont. So I thought it was very cool. Basically, if I go, I need to go to the south border. Um, or the southernmost uh, coast. Running 1,000 containers in Docker Swarm. Apple's official iOS 10 security guide. This is an oldie but goodie. Put the link there. It's just a fantastic document. And some tools. Yeti, an open source threat intelligence platform. IVRE, a network recon framework that uses ZMAP, Bro, Argus, NFDump, and P0F. Can't wait to play with this thing. And RF Transceiver, an IoT testing extension 
for the Metasploit Hardware Bridge API that lets you detect wireless activity outside of the 802.11 ranges. Very cool. It's got kind of like covert channel detection or something. Um, Want to mess with that as well. Some notes. Uh, spoke at HughesetCon last week with my um, buddy Jason on our game security framework, which we announced uh, officially in 1.0 version. And uh, session was received really well. Lots of interest in the framework and gaming security in general. And uh, the recording will be available soon. And you can get the slides here at the link. Info Security Magazine posted my video interview with them on the topic of IoT security. That was, um, that was cool of them. And I'm still reading Homo Deus. And the OSINT primer is still in progress. Recommendations. Never trust anyone who is unkind to waitstaff. I really love this. I love this. Like you're meeting someone, you think they're cool, you might want to do business with them think you want to hang out with them, you might, whatever, introduce them to your girlfriend or your family or whatever, like, oh, this could be a real friend. You sit down with them and they just treat the waiter like garbage. They just yell at them. They gripe about everything. Don't look at them when you're talking to them. I'm guilty of that sometimes trying to fix it. But in, in general, just not being nice, right? Be nice. And if you see someone who just craps on waitstaff or whoever they think is lower in life in, in station or whatever, and they just treat them horribly. Don't trust that person, right? I'm not sure trust is the right word, but I, I just can't respect that. Um, so I thought it was a cool recommendation. Aphorism for the week. First you learn to read, then you read to learn. And that's anonymous. First you learn to read, then you read to learn. That's it for this episode. I will see you next week. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.